Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and uh, this gentleman right here next to me is Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. Today, we are talking about Curve Space's marketing journey from self-published to signing with Maximum Games, and our special guest here today, and I, I did this on purpose. I didn't ask how to pronounce his last name because I want to make sure I'm not going to butcher it or am going to butcher it. It's Andrew Sarnetsky. Uh, pretty close. Charnetsky. C-Z-C-H sound. Okay. See, I, yeah, I yeah, always, you, you came close. I always leave that job to Dan because I always butcher people's names. It doesn't matter how easy it is to. I think it's like, a, it's like a fun game. Just like, don't tell me how to pronounce your name. And then, you know, <laughs> let's see how I do it. Uh, only one time has anyone ever got it right. And his first name, uh, Cherik, was with a C-Z. So say he got it. <laughs> That's cheating, though. I mean, that's that's not that's cheating with a CZ. A CZ. <laughs> so, Andrew, let's let's start where we always enjoy starting. Tell us, you know, how you got into the industry initially, and then walk us through your career up to this point. Sure. So, um, I, I I've always liked games. I've liked the idea of creating things. I, I've, I've like being creative um so i'm even even back to like in grade four i did a project where it's like what would my own version of like legend of zelda look like and if i actually had tools and mod capability like that would have been a a game so it's like i was already thinking that and i'd say like grade four was the point where it's like one day i'm gonna make a game for nintendo which uh some some spoilers on that has has actually transpired so that's uh that's worked out well curve space just uh it it, it launched uh on everything but nintendo uh, a couple days ago Nintendo coming July thirteenth, uh, and then um, it was funny. That same grade four teacher said that uh, I'd be illustrating biology textbooks because it's that confluence of science and uh, art, which sounds an awful lot like game design, doesn't it? And uh, somewhere in university, I ended up accidentally helping to found a company which became Series Labs. So I got that T-shirt for nostalgic reasons here, and uh, we turned into something that used video game tech for business and uh uh that was that was a really cool journey so i I did that for a little over 15 years company's still going strong um it's it's kind of weird that like that that little birdies out of the nest is flying and uh, i set them up to succeed where i can but um we did a lot of really cool projects uh the most recent uh, is involved in his line of vr crane simulators and like that that that's some awesome stuff i could show you how to drive like a 100 ton construction crane or a 300 ton overhead crane that operates in a foundry and like literally carries this giant bucket of lava and you could park your 
a pickup truck inside the ladle of that the you know it's the scale and the the energy of all these things is really cool so i had a lot of fun with the big equipment uh the vr cranes uh we launched uh so worked on multiple more but uh we shipped 18 products uh that i was part of as either programmer lead designer or often lead designer lead programmer on on one of those projects and so learned an awful lot there and then uh more recently so always had a little hobby project personal project tinkering and stuff, right? And uh, had a concept that was rattling around for a very long time. And it's kind of this sort of arcade game on the surface of a 3D object. And so I'd poked at that a few times and I'd I'd never really had the right skill, but I ended up with a little bit more time in early 2019. So this would have been uh, February, 2019. And it's kind of like, you know what, Let's, let's pick up that hobby project again. And this time it started to click and the game started to make sense. The technology started to make sense. And uh, my wife, Jennifer, uh, we'd collaborated on a few projects before um, uh, coming in off uh, maternity. Uh, she, she had a job that didn't quite work out great. And uh, uh, so then um, she found herself laid off and it's like, well, you have a writing background, you have a creative background and here's here's this project we're working on. Maybe instead of rushing out on the job search, you can help me out on this one. And uh, uh, we'd started getting initial playtest feedback on this product. And uh, it was the, the feedback was the game mechanic makes sense. What is it? What's the game? What's the theme? What's the story? And so it's like, so Jet, maybe that's your background. Maybe you can help me on this. And she thought about it for a little bit. We, we brainstormed some of this going down to a writing convention. And uh, on the highway, she goes, you know what you need? Transtemporal space spiders. And uh, you, you can see there's a... Uh, that may have had an influence in in how the game ended up, uh, and it was like, yeah, that that's exactly the right answer. So uh, Jen joined on, really helped me understand what the game is, what the theme is, and at first it was just like, here's this fun hobby project. Well, I'm still working on Crane Sims, but uh, it started to get more real. And uh, uh, then in uh, July 2019, it's like, this is real enough. Let's actually create an incorporation because we, we know we'll need the business number. We know we need these things. Get that sort of set up to wrap sort of this IP. And uh, maybe we can actually finish this one day. And uh, that, that's kind of the point where it's like, okay, let's let's do Curve Space seriously. And that would have been July 2019. And uh, since then, we've been working on it. Uh, we've launched it now. Uh, we'll be talking a bit about some of that journey here shortly, I imagine. Uh, we've started the prototype to our follow-up project and uh, now doing this full-time. Um, when the whole world went crazy, uh, instead of doing the, uh, the furlough or whatever, like I was planning on doing like a sabbatical to get CurveSpace out the door, but it's like, you know what, let's just do it. Dive in head first and uh, haven't looked back. We, we don't have anything else to do. Let's make games. That's the... Uh... <laughs> it, it was convenient. Uh, That's yes. The the universal push. It's like I, you know what? Maybe maybe I could take some time off. Oh, it's gonna that's gonna hurt the finances. Maybe we just keep doing this evenings and weekends and day. Oh, I've got lots of full time now. Okay. <laughs> okay, the world's going to shit. Let's um, let, let's start a company. That's that's perfect. It's exciting. So I mean, we can go go there next. So. Talk about you know the history of, of only by midnight, and you know let let's jump into that next because it's all going to take into effect you know why you decided to self publish and then you know why you're going with the publisher. So yeah, but let, let's go through. Tell us about the company itself. 
Sure. So uh, really, it started just as a legal entity to wrap the IP that was CurveSpace. It's a, I've, I've got a thing, but I know we need that business number. We'll need that for Steam. We'll need that for um, if we ever to do something with, say, Nintendo with any of these sort of things. So that that's how we kind of like we'd already been basically working for what was only by midnight for a few months before that. And uh, uh, we didn't need a ton of capital. We weren't paying ourselves any salary, um, but it, it was nice to have this thing. And uh, Jen actually named it and uh, partly because the name sounded awesome. And the other one, because it's like all this stuff had been happening kind of after hours slash moonlighting. And it's just like, yeah, only by midnight. There we go. We, we kind of liked it. And uh Making taking that step, going okay. If we're going to do this, if we're going to actually go through the cost of the incorporation and all these things, we're going to try and 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 make some money on it. So we want to understand what it is, and I, I could parrot back a lot of the talking points on making the game is the first half the battle is is that's it's hard, but then you have something equally big on on the marketing. And uh, I've got some friends in the indie space. I'm actually good buddies with uh, the guys who uh, launched uh, Life Goes On, which is awesome puzzle game, platformer puzzle game, where your little knights basically die and become stepping stones for the next advancing in the in, in the puzzle. Check it out on Steam. It's great. So, um, and one of their uh, principals, um, uh, Eric, he's he's like a steam whisperer so really understands steam the algorithm etc and i i've so I've, I've been around a lot of these things i could talk a lot about the the what does it look like what's it supposed to look like uh what's the feel of all these but i, I hadn't actually done any of that personally i've i've built games although for training purposes i've been involved in the business but that business is a lot about making deals with say companies like united rentals as opposed to selling individual games to consumers so it's like i understood the incorporation part i understood the technical part uh and then i had sort of this general picture of what's it going to take to actually make it um so that that's kind of the lay of the land when uh, we we dived into the curve space production side so Let's go through. So, what was your original plan for Curve Space? What was the? How did you plan on getting this to market as a self-published title? And then, well, maybe before that, why did you decide to self-publish in the first place? Uh, mostly because we'd seen um, guys like uh, Eric actually be moderately successful on some of this and we weren't trying to this wasn't a get rich quick scheme we, we were enjoying some of that hobby lifestyle at the point and like so it's we we have a product um we know we have to market it so we're we're, we're facing that and uh uh we started looking at that it's like okay well that's that's the sort of stuff you end up doing for um uh you'll need for steam for marketing for trailers for these sort of pieces um social media we actually then started uh, getting our feet wet on twitter and uh so we started to kind of wrap our brain around what's needed and then part of that we're looking is like on, on the publishing side you have this kind of big scary the big scary publishers out there who take creative control and uh, a large cut of the revenue which spoilers is not the case necessarily at least uh, not in the one we signed with maximum games has been been awesome um so i think there's a little bit of that trepidation and a little bit of that it's like hey I, I i don't need anything we're not desperate for it we don't have to make payroll so we can kind of take it at our own pace and uh According to some of the, the friends that I have, it's not that hard, and uh, and it's kind of see an experiment. But pretty quickly, we learned it was that hard, and that uh, this was not my passion or Jen's passion. And that was kind of an interesting, like, you know what? We could probably do this, but 
that's not really what we want to do. So then business head Andrew's kind of looking at this, well, uh, what what is it at the publishing side? There's the porting and localization and QA and a lot of the other sort of ones, which some of that actually is, is quite handy. The QA has been actually really useful. Um, but the big one's marketing. And then it's like, well, let's, let's evaluate. Let's sort of see, because there's a lot of firms that do marketing. This is a service you can you can go buy it. So let's actually research that. And uh, so let's uh, around that time we'd started talking to the Edmonton Screen Industries Office, which is a uh, uh, they manage among other things the uh, uh, Edmonton Screen Media Fund, which is a small investment fund supporting video games and uh, television or not video games and film in the Edmonton area. And so we'd been talking to them about a potential investment deal, something along the line like we have a game. If only we could get a little bit of capital for like that last 15% to get that marketing push. And it's like, well, that, that sounds actually pretty good. And that maybe we can just hire exactly what we need and smaller cut than say on a big publishing deal and uh, and, and shop it around. And um, theoretically, like I've seen marketing kind of go weird before at, uh, at that serious, but it's like, this is enough money that hopefully it's, it's it'll catch the right attention. Uh, started to do some research there. So it's like, we, we basically were crystallizing along the, we can do some of this, but we're not going to do all of it. Um, but for the rest, why don't we hire it as a service and let's raise the money to hire it as a service properly and uh, we should be good to go. And uh, so that, that was basically the business plan really <laughs> summed up 80 pages of that, but summed up for what we pitched with ESIO and uh, their analysis came back and basically said, yeah, that, that also makes sense. Let's do a deal. And so we, we did a deal with ESIO. And so here we are with a video game at that point, about two thirds, three quarters sort of complete and a significant amount of capital to like, okay, let's go sort out marketing. And uh, uh, yeah, that, that was our, we don't, we don't need a publisher. We got this. <laughs> but you, you do have that, wonderful advantage of the beautiful Canadian money funds, you know, from both the province level and up to the the federal level as well. God, we love our Canadian friends and their and their money access. So you the original plan was to take that money, hire a marketing firm, you know, self-publish this. So how far down that list did you get before you were like, okay, this is going to be way tougher than we thought. I mean, were you already interviewing marketing firms or where did that come in? Yeah. So we'd, uh, so a couple of things first. Yeah. The, the Canadian media fund stuff it, that makes me very patriotic. Uh, we actually got CMF funding for our follow-up uh, prototype and they've been awesome. At this point here, CMF was this really big abstract deal, super complicated to apply to. And so the, the, this local option was really cool. And so municipal even, not even provincial. And uh, so that was that, that was neat. And, and I realize it's fortunate. Now in, in both cases, it's not free money. It's not like a grant, it's just a, a but a bank's not going to be talking to a startup business that just, hey, we've got some energy spiders. So it, it is convenient to have kind of industry aware investment, but it still is investment. However, like I've, but the, the ownership team for Sirius, um, like I, I, uh, Jim Colvin and Ken McLean, Cole Mac Capital. And uh, so, so I've been around the investment side in the periphery with these guys. And so I've sort of seen how they do deals and how these pieces work. So it still is an investment deal, just 
yeah, that is convenient to have. Um, as, as for the marketing, uh, yeah, we we it's part of that business plan, like putting all that together in this. We we did a lot of interviews, and at first it's kind of like there's lots of marketing places. This is relatively straightforward, and that's about how much they spend on ads and managing these things. And this will be easy. And yeah, they're basically all doing websites for. Uh, lawyers' offices and dentist offices and that sort of thing, maybe the odd cupcake place. Um, so that, that <laughs> not the same. Uh, what we did end up finding is uh, there's a couple of more game-specific marketing firms. Uh, a few were basically too big for us and kind of told us to screw off. So that was uh, interesting. But then we also found there's there's a few that actually really aligned and we loved what they were talking at. And uh, we had the short list that we, uh, uh, that we really liked, uh, had kind of a potential deal. And that's basically what brought to, to ESIO. And uh, like one was uh, with a local connection through BioWare, uh, one really just talked the talk out of Europe and uh, one talked the talk out of uh, uh, North America. And it's just kind of like, okay, this makes sense. This this all works, and let's let's kind of structure that that capital around one of these packages for like how can we actually like it seems like they know what they're doing and, and can make this happen. So that that was kind of the the business plan on that one. So we've already got some questions coming in, and we're going to get to those when we get to the section that's applicable. But that reminds me, uh, wherever you are, if you're listening live, drop your chat and drop your question into Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or, or Twitch. Uh, not Twitter anymore because we found out Periscope was dead this morning. So don't worry about that one. Um, the <laughs> drop it in, or if you're on the Discord, drop it in the podcast questions. Um, and Dan is looking for these things, and he'll get you posted. Um, okay, so doing your own marketing wasn't going to work. You've got that far, which is actually good that you were able to realize that because a lot of companies – they don't realize that and they keep going down that route. So, so what happened next? Uh, so we, we had these, these three shortlisters, uh, one, the, got the sense I got was a, the guy in charge was absolutely perfect. The junior that he'd assigned to this thing for a very large amount of money, less perfect. So that was kind of, okay, we're not doing that. And then we had these other two and, uh, uh, a, 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 it, it, it's interesting. I, I wonder for the grass is greener sort of side, but uh, we really, really had a good call with uh, one of the principals for the one we, we went with. Um, and it's like, you know what, this lines up. I really dig the beta test sort of model that makes sense for what we're doing. So let's, let, let's do it. Let, let, let's, let's, let's commit to this. And uh, uh, we, we had that kickoff and the kickoff was awesome. We, we really like the people that we were interacting with. They, 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 they talk the talk. And all of this was good. The, the KPIs, like in the presentation, like this is what we're going to be shooting for and all of these things. And this all makes sense. And it, it actually lined up pretty close to what we independently put together for the business plan. So part of us is kind of like, hey, we did our research and we know what we're talking about. And uh, it, it was good. We were all really excited. Um, but uh, the the big thing that I've learned on on with marketing from Sirius is a you always end up doing a lot of the work yourself still, and I was prepared for that. But it's like that's that's fine. We will make content. We're already making content for this game, so we will support this. We will support the messaging. It's really their expertise and knowledge and connections in the this list to, that that's really making it. So I was still prepared to do a lot of the heavy lifting, but let them kind of take point. And uh, 
so I was expecting that. Uh, and and the other one with the marketing firms I've seen in the past is like you you need to drive it. You need to you need to push or nothing gets done. And uh, uh, I I don't know. Naive me is saying that they're thinking that like a whole pile of money there should be a pretty good incentive. But it was just it 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 was. I, I don't know. The sense I always got was there was some other priority. There was some other fire and our stuff was so far from launch and this and that we're, we're never that big priority. And, uh, uh, so that, that's one of those kind of red flags, but then it's also, it's like, yeah, it's a long way out. It doesn't matter. It's not the rush. It's not the thing that's like launching tomorrow, but we, we, to that first point on like, we're still expecting to do a bunch of these things. And we'd already started kind of going down that path of doing it ourselves a little bit in the past. So it's a, I want to learn from this. I'm treating this as much as getting a service as a, I want to understand what's the thought process? What are they doing? What are the artifacts that are created? How does this work? Tell me about press releases. Let me learn about impressions and this and that. Let's understand what key art and messaging, what works, why, what's that sizzle? What do we want in a trailer? So we, we learned a lot and and that that actually was really good. And I think we got some good value just being able to, to pick some experienced brains and put that together. We under, learned about how Twitter and hashtags and so, we learned so much in, in that in that space, but the interesting piece about having a very keen eye for a lot of this is like we're we're also watching those KPIs and we're watching those wish lists and we're watching all the indicators of what this is going to look like. And uh, uh, despite the fact that it was feeling really good, mm, the numbers were getting kind of scary. So. Dan, I mean, this is actually probably a good point to jump in with some of the questions that we've got. Okay. People that are looking at publishers. So, when you actually, I'll let you take these because there's too many, Dan. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, here we go with the question uh, How did you handle discussing the contract between the publishers, and where did you put your foot down, and where did you compromise? Uh, so the publisher side is a little later in the story. Uh, we'll get there. But um, the big one on business is, uh, and, and the same applies to all of these, like if there is a win-win, uh, if I want something, you want something, and they're not at cross purposes, we can probably find a way to make a deal. And uh, so that's, that's the same in any of these. And we want our game promoted. We want it to be out there, have doors opened and make money. Um, they want to make money as well through through this, um, uh, and so it's really like there's the just the attorney level questions of like okay is are are there any barbs in this contract that are going to screw us over and uh, uh, so we we watch for those but the the big deal ones is just like are are we philosophically aligned is the brand aligned and uh, uh, will we all get value out of each other in, in any of this? And then I guess on our side is we had some of that capital left over reallocated for marketing. So that that's a different lever as well in the negotiation and, and how, how that works. So it's a, we weren't in the usual indie position of kind of like, Hey publisher, uh, we need you to sell the game and also give us a million dollars to fund it. So that was actually slightly different as well, but it, Fairly straightforward business on that. To me, the big question is brand alignment, and I, I, I have a fun anecdote on that. But I, I think All right, we'll so love yeah, it. Let, let's go. Sorry, I just skip ahead there. Talk about the the search for the publishers and the brand alignment and, and all of that sort of good stuff. Let's let's go there next. Gotcha. So uh, the 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 segue on that is. 
but the numbers were looking scary. And it's a, by, by all these numbers, we are heading for a face plant. And um, so basically what we started to look at is a, okay, what, what's the contingency? Uh, what's the contingency with the firm we're currently engaged with? Uh, what do we do for more time? How do we refactor, readjust that? And then the other side is a, you know what, this isn't working as planned. What are the alternatives? And so let's really understand what publishers do, what they can offer all these pieces. Uh, we did a bunch of research there. There's a theme of learning a lot about stuff is kind of consistent for Jen and I. Uh, we got involved with the uh, Pitch a Game. Uh, that's how we connected with you guys, actually. Um, pitch a Game has been awesome. That got us really thinking about the five-minute pitch sort of piece. And so we put together a really nice pitch package. Or Well, it's amateurish now compared to what we got. But uh, we, we started thinking about pitching, too. And so we... Uh, um, we pitched the concept uh, to Nintendo. Um, that actually clicked. We got our uh, we got the license for Nintendo Switch, which was one of those. Hey, we we might actually have something. Business had Andrew's ecstatic about that. We also um, started to go to events where we could do that meet to match with publishers and specifically start reaching out to them directly. And uh, we had our, our kind of five minute pitch video. We had the pitch deck, we had material to actually send and share. And so that's where we like started to seriously reach out and, and uh, try and connect. Me meanwhile, while we're still kind of holding the course on getting this game finished as well as kind of the original plan A marketing, because we weren't going to switch unless we had something, something stable as an alternative. And, uh, uh, that was really interesting. The pitch process, uh, then well, the, the rejection letters, that's that's the normal part of it. And uh, there are a couple of really interesting callbacks. And there was one, and uh, the conversation was great. It, we, we clicked. It was one of these, like, I like you, you like me, we can do business together. This is so easy. Um, but... Uh, we got it to that contract negotiation stage. We we had the deal is basically ready for us to sign, but there there's the brand did not fit. The more we looked at it, the brand did not fit. Like we're pew pew laser guns with a uh, like spiders. We're we're an arcade game. It's it's ten plus right. Um, this this doesn't make sense for a brand that say takes mature to an extreme. And uh, there's there's. I'm not going to name any names, but like there's few <laughs> um, few laser guns. Now there's there's correct answers to that. There's like the simplest answer would be we made money doing like mature, 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 but we also want to set up like a sub label for like cutesy fun stuff. That's an easy answer, right? The uh, answer of like what you can't handle it. Mm. Again, brand alignment. So it's a big one there. Like it wasn't even about the money. It wasn't about the terms and the deal. Like there's there's some business questions for sure. Uh, but it really came down to a a who do we want to represent this product that we've made? How do we want that to go into the world? And what does that say about us and, and these sort of pieces? And so we actually walked from that. And uh, uh, that was a that was a very weird. Um, moment because meanwhile we're we're watching like these numbers are, are heading for a cliff on the the current path and on the other side it's like here's here's a deal which on paper is everything we've been looking for and uh, it just didn't click brand wise um and so it's like you know what Let, let's keep going and it was about a week after that well we're still kind of reeling from the where are we going with this that we got the callback from uh, maximum games and it's a the complete opposite they got the product. They got what we're trying to do, and they were just 
just awesome. And uh, you have the, the the services that that they're needed to get this thing out there. Like it's the we can open these doors of the first parties, etc. That all all made sense. But to me, the big one is a we are capable of kind of filling this niche, and uh, we're we understand what you're trying to do, and like we're we're aligned brand wise. We're aligned like for this this sort of product, and and that that was really good. So. Um, that all got a bit rambly. I can talk about any of those points, but that's that's. All right. Yeah. So, how long? This is a question that we get a lot. How long did it take you from when you started reaching out to these publishers to the point where not only you had the conversation with Maximum Gaming, but you actually signed an agreement? The publisher one was rather fast. That was about three months. It was uh, DevCom in the summer, and then we'd signed in November. So August. August, September, October, November. Um, the sense I've gotten is it's about four weeks for them to take a look and get back to you. Uh, so we had the rejection letters about four to six weeks. Um, the anomalies time-wise were, well, Edmonton Screen Industries office because like they were just, we were their first video game project. So that, that took six months. Um, and then the the other one was uh, with Nintendo. Um, that that was that was cute. I got a a we we submitted a th all, all all the first package kind of naively. Uh, the feedback was, yeah, we need more information. Here's what success looks like. And it's funny they sent us basically a standard pitch deck. But now I understand what what that all means and looks like. And we honed that together. Then we sent in a revised one after that. And after five weeks, we got an email saying we've received this and we'll get back to you in four to five weeks. <laughs> Um, although the Nintendo one was neat. I was actually at uh, Reboot Develop Red as a speaker, and the Nintendo America guy was supposed to be there. The timing, I think, was about five, six weeks from from that. And so it's kind of like, yeah, radio silence. We didn't get it. It was a long shot anyways for Nintendo. And uh, uh, I, was, I was kind of, it's like, hey, the Nintendo America guy's going to be there. Maybe I can poke him in person, right? But he ended up not showing. It's right during that convention, I got an email that it's like, hey, congratulations, you've been accepted for Nintendo Switch. So that, that was a nice uh, highlight to the, uh, the to the convention. And I'm pretty sure he looked at the speaker's list of the thing that he's aware of because he was supposed to be there and uh, something. So I'm not sure. There's something with to do with the convention. The timing is conspicuous, but that, that, that was awesome. That, that to me was like a, we, we have something. And what's interesting is the pitch to Nintendo is very similar to the pitch to the publishers is very similar to what we actually put together for um, ESIO. Like there's different flavors in any of these. And then like even more now to what we did for Canadian Media Fund for the next project. And now we're uh, actively pitching kind of that that new prototype. And like there, there's a lot of alignment. There's, a, there's kind of this core skill of what is your product and how do you get it out there? That's been very good to analyze and try and uh, uh, hone, I suppose. That, and that's a huge shout out to Liam and Indie Game Lover and Tom over at Pitchy, Pitchy Game because that skill set to start it off, there really isn't, I mean, there are differences and nuances when you're pitching to a publisher or to, you know, a funding organization or to consumers. But at the end of the day, that message still has to be tight and it has to be understood and it is generally a lot of the same thing. You're just tweaking little things here. So, I mean, big shout out to what they do. Um, and they're going to be, I got an email this morning. They're going to be announcing the winners of their last competition in about a week or two. But anyway, all right. So Fingers now, crossed. Dan, let's get into all of the questions that have been flowing in. Okay. The very next one here is, uh, someone's curious to know, 
if your publisher helped with localization. They did. Uh, Maximum did a good job with that. Um, I was expecting, like, we had preliminary support for localization. My mom actually did the first pass of the German translation, which is kind of fun to test out the process. Uh, so I, I was expecting to kind of pay for that. That was in the business plan, one of the secondary pieces we raised money towards. Uh, but that was one of the kind of general bits. And they made it easy. Um, I really appreciate that. The other one is the not just the translation, but uh, Naive Andrew didn't really properly account for LQA, so language localization QA. And so that was really good. Um, although uh, that uh, we had 500 plus bugs all of a sudden land in one tranche on the, it was actually on Jen's lap to, to deal with all these. And these are things kind of like the tense is wrong on like line 473 in Korean. Change it to <laughs> this symbol. And it's just kind of like, okay, 500 of those and half of those are kind of like tense is wrong on this line, this line, this line, this. <laughs> it was slightly nightmarish. But it also goes to show that had we just done a off the cuff translation, um yeah the the amount of stuff to be caught in in proofreading um yeah lqa is, is really neat so they they did really good about that it, it wasn't one of those services like we were really looking for um getting the game to market so that's marketing and first party access it's like can you help us uh like playstation is just being really slow can you help us get this on playstation can you help us um get it out there with marketing. And uh, we weren't too interested in the porting side because it's like I got a good technical background. We're super interested in like the localization or QA side. Like we're pretty happy with the polish of the game, but I've, I've come to really appreciate that uh, the localization capability, the uh, CQA, the certification or compliance uh, QA has been really, really good. And uh, uh, I'm pretty comfortable technology wise, but I would also say like porting services is, is something that, uh, the consoles were a lot harder than I expected. And uh, so I can see that being an advantage to a lot of devs out there. Excellent. So we've got another question in here. This one's from Discord. Uh, within your pitches, your meetings and proposals, et cetera, how much of your documents were words and how much were media, video, and other visual content? And additionally, did you put extra care into the document itself, like background and color and font, et cetera? <sighs> Yes. Uh, this is why I really recommend like pitch your game. Um, uh, Liam's baby there is awesome because um, you have a tweet, and now that tweet can wrap a video. So it's it, it, it gets there, there's some some extra leverage you can bring there. But uh, to actually consider how do you communicate your idea, what makes your idea special, and to do that in a tweet. And you should be able to. If you can't make me go, oh, I get your different concept in a tweet, you've, you've got a big problem. So that's, that's really awesome. But then you're, you're not closing a publishing deal or an investment deal on a tweet. So like the on the other side of that, like the um, uh, documentation we did for CMF for our prototype um, uh, funding one, right? Like it, they have specific page counts for these things. So you end up having like, here's the uh, 10 page uh, like innovation document that describes all the ways the product is innovative and in, in these sort of pieces. And it's dense. You're using every character you can to communicate every little point and touch on the thousand things they're asking for. But there, there's that commonality and skill in you're trying to understand what you have, why it's different, and, and, and go. And then um, I, I've done a few talks. I've I had a really good mentor in the grant funding, grant writing space. And uh, 
what I really learned from her is funders are not funding you out of the goodness of their heart. They're not funding you for altruistic reasons. They have a objective. And in a private firm, well, they, they want to make they want to get a return. Heck, I've seen from the Silicon Valley side, they want eight banger. They want an eight times return or more. They want a plausible path to eight times return because then that averages to say a four times return. Um, but that's easy. Show them how they will make money. Then on the other side, say something like CMF, you start getting themes of, or not just CMF, there's plenty of other, uh, both um, provincial and even like municipal programs. You start getting themes of like, we're looking for employment in this sector. We're looking for diversification and uh, hey, have our company at that point. It was me and me and my wife, Jennifer, right? Um, so like we're looking for more um, uh, female ownership and, and, and leadership in, in, in game companies. So there, there's different objectives. And so then it's like you want to speak to those. And uh, on the private publishing side, you start getting it's like we, we want a game that stands out. We want something that's going to be different, that has appeal, that has some of that like that magic, that 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 sort of quality. It's got a good hook. Then then you start going down from there. We we want it to plausibly have a chance at a reasonably high Metacritic score, and we're going to evaluate a certain way. We want it to be different from the other things out there. We want it to be relatively stable. We want that demonstration that you guys are actually going to be able to complete the product. A good idea without like they they want proof of that sort of piece. So you, you start to see these, what are funders, investors, partners looking for? And so instead of just kind of going, hey, I want your money, it's a, we have this thing and we understand it well enough that I can speak to why it touches what you're looking for. And uh, uh, kind of make that sort of presentation. And then the presentation fits the mode. If it's a grant application, it's whatever their page count is. If it's a tweet, it's a tweet and a video. Um, but uh, the biggest one I'd say, though, for that five-minute pitch, understand that be able to give a five-minute pitch. Have that PowerPoint. Time it. Be actually able to give that. And then you can always add more. You can always elaborate. But to boil it down to that is hard. And uh, that was critical for us with CurveSpace. And uh, we are... Well, we're betting the future of this business on uh, a five-minute pitch for this follow-up product. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. So we've got, this is not so much a question as a comment from Arthur Moyer, um, YouTube. I'm currently in the same position that I'm trying to hire a marketing firm. It hasn't been going great, but I don't have a way to get a publisher either. Um, there's, there's a bunch of ways to get a, a publisher as well. Um, did you want to elaborate on that? Indie Game Business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. I, I feel ya. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was there. Um, it, 
it started with a hiring the firm is going to be easy compared to the publishing one. I don't have to worry about it. And then when we started looking at the publisher one, it's like, how, how are we going to get their attention? And especially once you start getting a couple of the rejection letters and it's just like, oof. Um, so I, 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 I feel that. Uh, I would say there's lots of options on the publishing side. Uh, but there's a lot of work there too. You really need to understand what the product is and consider how you pitch that, how you make it interesting, as well as like consider the the, the product itself and, and make sure it aligns. Like there's um, a whole spectrum of publishers out there, right? And a you're like a, if I had a here's a cool 99 cent thing that I'd put on itch, I'm, I'm not going to get a million dollars worth of advance on on that it, unless it was the next Flappy Bird and that'd be cool to make, but I have no idea how to do viral and I don't think anyone does. So outside of that, it's like there, there, there's publishers out there. Uh, there's lots of different lists and things and resources, things like pitch a game, uh, just like indie game business here. There's uh, the pitch deck reviews that you guys have. We've watched a couple of those. Those are awesome. Um, so there's lots of, uh, there's lots of resources, I would say. And so I think, uh, I think the point of like, it's hard to get a publisher. Yes, very but it, it is doable. Um, as for the marketing firm, it, theoretically, it's it's easier. You have cash, there is firm, you make deal, done. Um, my experience on that, it didn't work. And I've heard from a few other people that it hasn't worked. I've heard from someone else that it did and it worked really good. And so maybe that comes down to me vetting things. Maybe it's a alignment on, on the, the product. To me, the biggest issue over multiple and i'm not saying this is ours maybe it's just ours didn't get the right traction or something like i i i can't really speak to the the details for why but it's like but the biggest issue i've seen from a few is the idea of like priority and uh getting like like a publisher theoretically has skin in the game they need your product to sell in order to get this money back uh and and make a profit on the uh the marketing firm like you you give the money and they will give you some service and, and that's about it and so you really need to make sure that they are delivering and they are invested and they're helping you get out there as much as you can and uh not not in our story like we we pushed we we got we got more than this uh but like we had a a friend and it's like they spent i don't know the minimum they could on on marketing because uh, they had they were all broke indies and uh they uh uh, it's like we we just spent like thirty five hundred bucks on a press release and it did nothing, and it's like, yeah. So it's there's there's more. You need you need more. You need to be prepared to uh, invest real money on advertising on the publisher or not publisher on like the the PR and getting out there and all of these sort of pieces. So real money is a piece, but then finding that partner who's actually going to deliver and make you a priority and understands the space and is able to make that happen. That's, that's, that's a challenge. And Wait, I, I thought we'd figured it out, but we didn't. T tell me what, I don't even know where to start. They paid $3,500 to have a press release. Uh, it, that it, I think it was supposed to be like a, my, my read on that, on the nuance, the small project, uh, we were all relatively naive at the time. This wasn't me. And a it was like the like me looking at this is like at least a six-month campaign. At least a six-month campaign, right? You are going to need real money. Basically having a we're gonna hire some guys to do a like one month launch lead up thing is not a that's that's way too small, right? And and so it wasn't like a 
we're going to hire the best press release we can. It was, I think it's like a one month retainer, which ended up for all intents and purposes being a single press release. Uh, oh my it, God. It, it's, <laughs> but like, like even on our side, I, I would say it's like, you know what, what did we actually get? We learned a lot. I got more value out of this for knowledge than a whole bunch of university, but I don't know, for four months of it, you're basically looking at buying like six press releases. Uh, so I, I, I feel the pain on that. So make sure you understand what are you getting? How are they going to push that? And that you can evaluate the reaction and the response and KPIs, man. Um, I, I know, but, but nobody reads press releases. I mean, they are absolutely, in my opinion, one of the worst ways that you can get your shit out there. I mean, I get an email every morning that has dozens, sometimes hundreds of links to press releases that were released that day. And it's, you can literally do it for free. You got to write it. But I mean, even then it's not. And there are, there are writers out there <laughs> that, that get to help. Uh, I just can't even imagine. I'm sorry. Uh, um, and, and, and this is kind of like on our side is we're starting to look at what the magic is. It's like, we, we can do these things. We understand these things and this isn't getting traction. And likewise, even the stuff we were doing ourselves, like we were pushing the screenshot Saturday, the indie dev Wednesdays, Twitter, the hashtags, these things, it wasn't getting real traction. It wasn't, uh, and, and this is where analytics and numbers and these things, you, you've got to look at that and, and, and make sense. And what I thought was really interesting talking to Maximum is like, so I, I asked him, okay, so, what's happening to like Twitter and Indie Dev Wednesday and these things. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not worth it for, for our purpose. Like what they do is it's like, we focus on the big first party things. That's, that's their aim. And it's like, and, and totally different, uh, but that's their niche and their bit like the, the business. They also really like physical discs, right? So it's a totally different game doing physical than it is doing, um, doing digital. But like the point of it's like, we could spend, tens of hours making these tweets that get a few hundred things, or we can lean on Xbox and get Major Nelson tweeting about the game yes. to a million people. That's that's their angle. Now, on our side, before Maximum, we didn't have access to some of those channels. And so that's where, and and even then, even with this, we're still participating in these. It's, it's, it's not going to hurt anything. It's uh, fun with the fans. It's great practice. So like, uh, the advice I'd have to any indie working on a project out there is get out there, communicate this, understand it, participate on Twitter, participate on Instagram, be part of the community. It will not hurt. You will get good connections and networking and things. But I screenshot Saturday is not a business plan, I guess, is the way <laughs> I bring to it. All right. We've got a lot of questions coming in, but I have a question first. So everyone on here has heard me talk at length about how you go and find a publisher, but Walk us through your process and how you triage these companies out and, and figured out the ones to focus on and not. So when you were starting that process of finding a publisher, what steps did you go through before you ended up with Maximum? Uh, there was the whole pitch side and practicing that. So there's the how do we present ourselves? But that is that's kind of a general and then you can massage it and, and nuance that as, as needed then the other side was where are we going to be able to meet these sort of companies so that's looking into things like devcom and and actual sort of or events and maybe being part of say like the canadian mission to devcom it, this would have been more in-person conventions 
whole world kind of went weird. Um, also, then uh, researching and and there's some really convenient lists. Like I think uh, Liam through Picture Game has like here's like a list of like 150 publishers and various things on a spreadsheet, and you can start to look at it. And it's pretty obvious. The it's like ah these guys specialize in like free to play mobile games. Pretty sure they're not interested in our console centric. Um, um, we have a list. <clears throat> there, I think we've looked at your list, and it, it, it is convenient. And so you start to get a short list of who do you start approaching. And then I think the one thing I, I, on that nuancing the message is you don't just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to do like a email blast to all of these, and then like done, and that's my business plan either. It's like let's let's actually try and reach out to these ones that make sense and understand what they're looking for and, and why and, and and sort of speak to these things and uh, and then just culturally i like that in person sort of one and so like i really push the convention one like i, I want that opportunity to do that five minute pitch and speak to that and uh, we're, we're following that same process now on our uh, on our follow-up one although uh, uh maximum or, or modus they're same company I, I would like to keep working with you hint hint <laughs> all right dan jump into the questions i just realized that our twitch title didn't update this morning so i'm gonna work on that go ahead all right all right all right all right next question here this is multiple questions so number one how do you identify that your project is is ready to approach outside parties and investment what do you have the confidence when do you have the confidence to say, yes, this is something I should pursue? And when should you pivot or move on from a poor performing project? Very good questions, by the way. Um, when should you start approaching outside parties? Uh, there's two pieces of that. One is you want to start socializing some of this, softening the ground, so to speak, um, immediately. Uh, like we were floating curve space and around like the local game camp Edmonton um, community events. Uh, wish we would have got Twitter earlier and sooner. Um, some of these things like early and based that feedback is really helpful. Now that's not to say it's like I have a prototype I did at this game jam. I'm now going to like call up Devolver and make my one shot there. <laughs> um, it's a, a there, there's you, you, you got to be ready before you go for some of the, the, the bigger ones, but it's a, start talking early and go to conventions if we ever get to go to conventions again and uh uh and 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 talk to people do what you can so it's like like the i start socializing the thing while you're preparing and getting ready for that like i'm actually able to take the plunge like for example with esio which is no different like as an investment one on this one like uh we met uh, shay at game camp edmonton and so like i i we, we went for lunch a few times and coffee. We we talked, uh, had a good meeting with uh, their, their CEO. And none of these are like a formal business, like I am now officially applying or, or, or we're actually negotiating. It's like, but they knew who we were. We knew who they were. We starting to build that relationship. And then when we actually applied, it was it was like, yeah, it took you guys long enough. That That's the sort of sentiment you want as opposed to just this cold call out of the blue. So when is your project ready to start approaching projects? It, it's already ready. When is it ready to like do a formal pitch? That's that you need to actually start considering that and considering that in context of the feedback you're getting from the rest. And then when is uh, the pivot? Pivot is tough and sunk cost fallacy. And uh, uh, that's, uh, I, I, I've gone down that sunk cost road myself, so many others here listening, I'm, I'm sure where it's kind of like you keep going after something and uh, uh, it's scary to go in and, and cut bait on this, but like 
to me, it was looking at the numbers and the the KPIs, and it's a being realistic about that. And like, even if you start sort of extrapolating out, and you understand that wish lists and things go up and that, but it's like, it, it it was pretty clear a you know what this is this is now getting to that mathematically impossible to hit any of the what we would call success. And um, and then you'd be pragmatic at at that point. It's like okay, let's pivot, but let's make sure you have another option before you've actually uh, uh, pulled the trigger on something either. But it, it, I, I would say like, it, as soon as it started, like, like understand what success looks like and then be aware of that and measure against that. And if it's not tracking, look at what do you need to do to get it back on track or a what's plan B and uh, be prepared to move on plan B. I, I, ho I hope that's a good answer. Now, other side, give it enough time to do it. Like you can't just do, it's kind of like, hey, we put our Steam page up and didn't get 10,000 wish lists. Oh no, no, no you, you need a little bit of time to, to make things happen, but you, you, it's a six month campaign. We ended up doing a hard pivot halfway through when it was clear that this is not working. Right, oh, okay, so we have a response here from Arthur. He was the one that said that he couldn't find a publisher. The response is, Jay, I keep getting the remarks that the game is not mature enough to evaluate. I have a Steam page, and the game is almost ready for early access in a few months. But that's the feedback. Arthur, if you're not on our Discord, and if you are, you already know this, but if you're not, uh, hop on there, and we'll take a, especially like during our pitch review sessions, um, we're happy to take a look at the Steam page and give you feedback on that. We have a server full of people that, that are really, really good at that. Um, all right, so we've got about 10 minutes left. If you've got other questions about, you know, self-publishing versus finding a publisher and, you know, how Andrew and the team went around and, and did that, drop them in chat or drop them in the uh, Discord podcast chat now and we'll get to it. So once you've got everything signed with, with, with Maximum, how did things change? What did they pull off your plate? that you and your wife and the team were able at that point to sit down and go, okay, now we can focus on this other stuff. Uh, I appreciate the organization that they brought. Uh, so hat off to Jared, uh, their producer. He, he was really good on just like, let's get on the same page, figure out what the timelines are, get everything organized. And, and that was really good. Uh, the release management and the consoles. Uh, so shout out to Jericho and their release management team. That was really good. And it's like, I'd been uh, approaching PlayStation. We got accepted for PlayStation after Nintendo, um, but we still hadn't got a dev kit, still hadn't got a response back and certainly no PS5. And so they were able to like help us get the consoles because it's like, I can't do the PS5 port without a dev kit. And uh, so that, that was that was like, just having that box arrive in the mail was a pretty big uh, uh, liftoff. And then the, the other side, shout out to Mel and the marketing team to just kind of like, it was exactly the same sort of stuff we'd been doing on the marketing side, but the sense is like, we're part of the team, we are in this, and we're trying to understand, get the get the heart of this project and, and communicate it out there. And so just absolutely lovely. And uh, uh, that it was really just like, we, we're helping make this thing on the, uh, the consoles, we're helping make this thing from the marketing side. And that was great. Um, 
it was nice having some actual deadlines and then those deadlines turned into play tests and feedback and 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 how we evaluate things but there's really really nothing overly uh controversial there that was all all pretty solid and then it was only when we'd been working together for a few months and actually had like stuff together that we got into the certification qa side and kind of uh, uh getting it all lined up to cert but yeah it, organization uh marketing and then access to just like hardware <laughs> We had a we had a follow-on question come in, and now I, now I lost it. Okay, so um, what would you say the ratio between the direct development work among you and your team versus the auxiliary efforts, like making promotional material, writing docs, research, and networking would be? Oh, I, I, I still think, like, the especially if you factor the in-kind time getting the product out to the point, like, that, you're, you're probably 10 to 1, let's be honest. Um, so, but that's that's fine. Like we, we first, there's a lot of sweat equity in making this thing, and then even once you get it out there, it's like uh, the knowledge and understanding and access. Like uh, I'm thinking on the release management side, there's not a lot of heavy lifting there. There, I wouldn't be rating uh, like Jericho's support to this in um, uh, hours. But what it is awesome is a okay. How do we solve this issue? This is not working with with PlayStation, and he's like, I'm on it. And three emails later, here's the answer, and it's navigated and stuff like that. So that 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 sort of effort. So it's not really an hour to an hour comparison, right? You, you get that classic cliche of like, guy goes over to a machine and uh, uh, it's making a weird noise, and he uh, listens around and like hits it in one spot and goes, okay, that'll be a thousand bucks. And the guy's like, you just did like one minute of work, and it's like itemized bill and it's like hitting it in the right spot one dollar knowing where to hit it like 999 dollars right so there, there's an awful lot of that and yes. like I, I, that, that's the job of a consultant i know where to hit the machine yeah. that's the that's the big catch um question you know since you since you brought up playstation what's your take on the playstation versus indie debate on twitter this week um I have a technical lens on that, and each console has a lot of support, and all at the same time, some scary idiosyncrasies. <laughs> and uh, it has How been diplomatically has put. Been tough. <laughs> um, uh, for example, and I won't even name which console, but we've had such fun things as 60 seconds into the pause screen, it hard crashes. Why? We have no idea. I'm thinking something to do with threads. Um, that that's sort of fun things to diagnose. So it it was there idiosyncrasies and and roughness all around. Um, the what's interesting is there's a flavor that I would say, and each each has their own, and I, I can respect where they're all coming from. So like working with Nintendo, you very much get the sense of a everything has to be exactly by our rules, eyes dotted, t's crossed, or else. But we are fair, and we want you to succeed. Uh, Xbox is kind of like ID Xbox. We want to help you out. We will make this happen for you. This is awesome. And then it's like, where's the documentation? And well, how do we get this going? And like, what the heck? And technical brain explode. Um, and then uh, uh, PlayStation, I'd say, is somewhere in between. It's not anywhere particularly hostile to indies. At the same time, it is not particularly easy, especially if you're going from a relatively junior, like, I've done a lot of big technical stuff through through Sirius, so I'm a little more experienced in this area. But like, 
if, if you're just kind of like, hey, I got my basic indie game up and functioning, I got it onto Steam, now I'm just going to push publish and I'm going to have it on all the consoles. And it's like, ha! Ah. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> we build it in Unity. It'll take a week to port it. No, it doesn't. I mean, I can say I um, have been reading these threads. And, and for those of you who may not know what we're talking about, one of the developers out there went on a rant earlier this week. And I loved it because he's like, I'm not naming names. It's it's Platform X, but they don't have a Game Pass, and it's not Nintendo. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that makes throwing some shade at Stadia there. That's uh... I, that's true, or it could be Luna. I mean, he could be talking about the the new Amazon stuff. But the the crux of the rant was it is next to impossible to manage your own sales and discounts and outreach and things like that through the through PlayStation. And we at the Powell Group for years worked with comic book companies publishing themes to the PlayStation 4. And I can 100% agree with it because to this day, we're, we've still got themes out there. If I wanted to run a theme, if I wanted to run a sale, or if I wanted to bundle several of them together by, you know, comic book company, I can't fucking do it. I, I, you can't. There's no way you have to go through a product manager who's different than the product manager you had last week. And it, uh, it's a damn nightmare. That's just the reality of it. Um, so I'll, that's that's just my take on it. Um, all right, so Dan, you had questions coming in. We, we do have another question right here. And the question is, I like to read it dramatically. Uh, late arrival, in your publishing deal, how do you handle and make sure the publisher has skin in the game that... Um, is there a formulated minimum amount invested for marketing your game? And I guess that's mainly for teams that finance their own productions. So it's a, it's an interesting question. Like this is the business hat, uh, thinking to my business mentors on that. Like it, it does come down to leverage and, and all these things. Right. And it's like, if someone puts a million dollars into my project, well, and they're going to have to make at least a million dollars back to, to see a profit. Um, they're very motivated, right? If I bring a million dollars to the table um, and they just make money, whether it does or not, um, they're not as motivated, right? So, but there's there's other nuances in there. There's a, a what, what does their infrastructure look like what does their capability how do they treat these things what are their processes um and and like so with maximum like we were a little bit on that we were we asked for a negative advance because it's like i still have some of this uh reallocated capital from this marketing adventure and uh so i actually asked them it's like could i invest in this and change it and their feedback was actually quite reasonable i had a very good discussion with uh, one of their uh, execs and the the paraphrasing a little bit is a that amount of marketing is not going to make a huge difference. It's not going to move the needle much on a uh, uh, on a premium video game. Sorry, and uh, but I think it'll make your game a lot better. So why don't you reallocate that and make the game better? And that was actually I I, I appreciate that. So we got an extra ship and some voice acting and, and really did make the game the best it could be. Um, but one of the reasons I really liked with Maximum is they slash Modus they're same um is like they have 
process they have some of these pieces so it's like i i feel that we are getting similar treatment uh, maybe not quite as emotionally invested as if they put a million dollars to the table but like it, it's a a I, I don't feel there's a different deal in there and like even just things like there's a cost there's like like the the physical discs uh which are awesome by the way this is just i'm, I'm happy to show that off at every opportunity i can um, <laughs> It, it, it's a it's a novelty. I'm, I'm these discs are going to get worn out just from handling. But uh, the I, that takes money. That takes someone's got to do that minimum order, right? Someone's got to do that. In our in our credits, we have a warehouse like a forklift operator. <laughs> so it's like there there's even if they're not just doing an advance, there is still skin in the game, opportunity cost, uh, those sort of pieces as well, right? So um, it, it's kind of evaluating the deal, like. I, I would say with them, they they have more structure and infrastructure that that worked out fairly well. Um, where maybe say on the small side, I'd I'd want to understand, and I think it's a fair question on what does marketing look like? How much cash value do you put into marketing? Or if it's a you own the marketing team, how many hours and what do you get? And uh, we did see from uh, from another deal that it's like yeah. Our policy is we invest X euros into marketing. That that is how we handle it, and and that's a fair question. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap up shortly unless somebody else has got a, a question popping in. So this is your last call. But of course, Andrew's on the Discord. So, and, and now he has that coveted guest of the show tag. So you can find him with the bright yellow name over on the right side very easily. Uh, so my last question is, you get the interest from Maximum. How did you go about researching and qualifying them as a company that you wanted to work with? Uh, basically, as soon as we got that first call, it's it's like, yes, I would like to talk to your exec. And let's let's talk next steps, and then immediately you're, you're you're taking a look, and it's like, what are these other games? Let's play some of their other games. Let's do some asking around. Uh, let's let's uh, what's publicly available as well as uh, uh, through the network. Um, because game developers know other game developers. It's kind of like, oh, I I know a few people, one step removed who uh, who worked with them and only good things to say and I, I can i can i can echo that now they've been they've been awesome and so it's like you start to make this picture of the way they present themselves to the world makes sense uh their products like show up at like gamestop and and, and whatnot the the products make sense are out there they seem to be doing pretty good through what lens you can pick for things like steam spy and and, and whatnot um the uh the feedback from other devs is good the products that are out there also just like or brand appropriate. <laughs> it's like ours would fit in that lineup. That makes sense. Um, this is there. There's not too many. Uh, there's also not too few. Like it's like a yeah. This this makes sense as part of this library. As, uh, instead of just like we're one of a thousand things getting out there with the name stamped on it. So it, it, it was, it's just you you want to vet it from from all the angles. And then there's the classic just like the face to face business one. It's a uh, I, I want to talk to someone before you do a deal. And uh, shout out to Stefan who's just like awesome and uh yeah <laughs> i, I want to say it it is it's refreshing to see you flashing the the physical copies of it because it's not when i started doing this this is like the old i'm old story we had copies i used to keep physical copies of every game that i had you know played a role in that eventually got to be <laughs> way too much to keep up with but there is something 
very cool about, you know, after all of this time, and like you said, you know, you, you wanted to make a Nintendo game since you were playing on a Nintendo, there is something insanely gratifying about being able to, you know, hold that and show that. And it's like, look, I really, honest to God, have a game. So flash them up there one more time. So let's see. It, it is certainly more real for my mom. That, it is. Uh, that, that helps. Um, I am looking forward to <laughs> taking these and just putting them in a picture frame and mounting them on the wall. Uh, so yeah. we, we got that. And and like the, the business side is interesting too. Like I, I definitely would rather be one of a few hundred versus a like 30,000 on, on, on Steam. So it does change some of those metrics. I'm not sure how that dust will settle, but it is, it's, it's, it's nice. The, the physicality, like I could say, this was a, a dream come true. We actually captured that moment, uh, the unboxing this thing, uh, we set up the cell phone. So that's on our Twitter and it was so much fun. Um, uh, we just had to, had to show that. And, and it's something real. Now, intellectually, I understand digital is a huge part of this. I was not expecting a physical release for this game. Um, that was never on the plan. And so then when talking with Baxman, that's part of their business structure. It's like, hey, yeah. that's that's really cool. Um, so I, I, I love it. Um, I, maybe that's part of the calculus on if you have publishers to choose from and you're in that lucky situation on a, someone does physical, someone does not, et cetera. Like, I, I'm not sure even how to evaluate it. All I know is that it looked like these guys knew how to take the game to market. They looked like they'd understand and care about the product and they they, they seemed like they'd be awesome to work with. So the fact that all those are true and there's discs like that, that to me is the dream come true territory. It is. Um, and, and like somebody in, in chat said, and I still have somewhere in this house, a framed box of the first game that I was ever a part of that went to market. Uh, yeah. You absolutely got to mount those things. I mean, it, it's wonderful. Put that on the wall behind you because it is. It's it's really cool. You know, it's, it's just one of those. Now now we're. It's hard to like mount a screenshot. It's like, here's a picture of our on the eShop. You know, it's, it's not the same. You've got real copies. Mount those suckers and and, and be mm -hmm. happy. But Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. You know, the journey because you are not alone. The whole decision between do I self publish, do I get a publisher, uh, is a hotly contested and difficult question to ask i mean to get around so uh i appreciate you you sharing that with us uh and thank you for having me it's been fun to talk about these things to any devs out there reach out to me on twitter like i i'm just i'm happy to talk about this and share and then i truly appreciate you guys what you've done setting up the space these resources etc uh so we've we're, we tend to lurk more than anything, but we've been on the Discord for a while. Uh, Pitch a game has been awesome, and and we we it, it's nice to see these resources because I think one of those things in there is it's a lot of hard work, and we heard that calculus on is it going to be a lot of hard work on the self publishing? Maybe we can shortcut that by just spending money, or is it a lot of hard work on finding a publisher and getting that deal sorted? It's going to be a lot of hard work regardless, but a it's nice to actually have a here's some recipes for, and here's some ways to evaluate that hard work and spend that wisely. And so thank you so much for, for organizing and putting that together. And then uh, I'm gonna take the last little bit here and just a uh, shameless self-promotion. We did just launch a video game. These guys are out. This is coming out here in a week. And uh, you can follow us uh, Twitter at Only By Midnight, Instagram, Facebook. We're more active on Twitter. We have our Discord, but um, we're also on Steam and GOG and just like, 
We made a game. We are so happy to have <laughs> we made, a, made game. a game. It's called Curved. We it's, it's called Curved Space. It has spiders uh, uh, and and curved spaces and lasers, and it, it's fun. It has an awesome soundtrack, and uh, like we're so happy to have made this. And right now, we're just enjoying watching people play streaming as well as just like hearing people the feedback of people play. So we'd love for you to check it out. And so Andrew was originally scheduled to be giving this talk at our conference that was supposed to happen a couple of weeks ago. I can now say uh, that has been rescheduled. We haven't got the tickets live yet and the page live yet. But as of this morning, it is official. Uh, the next Indie Game Business Conference will be together with Meet to Match September 30th. Give me a couple of days to get everything posted up on that. Um, but we'll be we'll be doing another one then. So you can meet with all these publishers and everybody else. That, uh, that is a very nice forum for that. And uh, September 30th is the date, huh? Yeah. It's been finalized. Okay. Well, we'll have to put that in my calendar. I don't want to forget. <laughs> no, you don't. I need you for that. So um, <laughs> you got it, boss. <laughs> all right. Dan, uh, not, yeah, Dan, play us out, man. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Check us out on the Discord, discord.gg slash Indie Game Business. There is like 3,000 people in there. There is a lot of people in there. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of industry veterans. There's a lot of people that want to help. Plus, there's a lot of game devs. There's publishers. There's PR people. There's all kinds of people. Um, you can also check out this will be a podcast. You can go to anchor.fm. Uh, slash indie game business. How did I not even remember that? It's, everything's indie game business. If it you really just is. Google indie game business, you're going to find a bunch of resources there. there. YouTube, it's on Twitch. Um, you can check out Powell Group on LinkedIn, or you can check out Jay. This is actually being broadcast on Jay's uh, Jay Powell on LinkedIn. So check it out. Yes, you did miss it. 100 Gucci, but uh, oh, what's happening? September 30th, that is the next indie game business conference. And with me to match so you'll be able to watch video you'll be able to watch presentations you'll be able to um you will also be able to meet with people too as well it's going to be amazing all right thanks everybody have a great one thanks cheers thanks for listening to indie game business you can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business